Hello everyone, welcome to season 2 of the ZotRx podcast, the place where we invite UCI alumni in pharmacy to share their inspiring stories on their road to success. The show is brought to you by Pre-Pharmacy Society at UCI and Ant Eaters in Pharmacy Alumni Chapter, and I am your host, Ryan Kwok. Without further ado, let today's episode begin. Hello everyone, welcome back to the ZotRx Podcast. Hope you all have a restful winter break and are ready to start the quarter. We'll start off with Dr. Carolina Kapistova, currently a PGY1 at Riverside University Health System Medical Center and a former Internal Vice President of PPS. Please welcome Carolina to the podcast. Carolina, would you like to further introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Ryan. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, My name is Carolina, and like Ryan mentioned, I am a current PGY1 pharmacy resident at Riverside University Health System in Moreno Valley, California. And I went to undergraduate school at UC Irvine, graduated in 2017 with my bachelor's in pharmaceutical sciences, and then went on to USC School of Pharmacy to earn my doctor of pharmacy degree and went straight into residency. And I'm currently thinking of, or thinking, I am applying to programs uh, for my PGY2, so second year of residency as we speak. And so I'm uh, in a transitional phase as always, but excited to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Ryan. Without further ado, let's start today's episode. So first of all, Carolina, would you like to describe a little bit of your life in the Czech Republic? Yeah, absolutely. And so my dad played professional hockey. Um, And, you know, with a professional athlete comes the life of moving around a lot. And so I was originally born in Finland because that's where my dad was playing at the time for the Olympic team. And I was raised in the Czech Republic because my dad is from the Czech Republic and my mom is from Slovakia. And so naturally they, you know, that's where I grew up. They wanted to make sure I had a Czech education And while that was happening, my dad was also, of course, following his professional career and had employment in the U.S., so in the United States, where I also started school. Um, And so how my life kind of progressed up until the ninth grade, I was doing dual school because my parents wanted to make sure I had at least an elementary school education in check just in case anything were to happen um, to my dad and we had to relocate back. And so I would have to do, you know, grade exams every year going back to just really finish up the year, even though I was doing school in the United States. And so that was really my life. And so I am bilingual. Um, I think the constant movement contributed to, you know, my work ethic and kind of being able to talk to different personalities and, and different people. But that was a little bit of, of just a background of how I grew up. So yeah, I'm also curious about how were you able to like maybe integrate your lifestyle changes between like the US and the Czech Republic at the same time? What are some of maybe your challenges that you face understanding the culture here? I have a similar story as well. So I'm just curious, how was yours? Yeah, so I think, you know, you're always the new kid. Um, you always have to assimilate to fit in for sure. 
I think I was fortunate in that I started learning English when I was in kindergarten. Uh, however, before then, I really didn't even know my colors or numbers or anything like that. Um, so as I started to learn, I think the younger you are, the easier it is. I really love school. I love to read. I read to my stuffed animals, you know, and all of that stuff. And I think that always helped, like being able to be good at something, which for me was school, um, helped me out a lot. And I, I think, I mean, you know, having an open conversation with my mom as well, she was always really good. Um, she stayed at home with us and she was really good about just explaining the world around us and what was happening all the time and having those conversations about being new and making friends and, you know, cultural differences. So I think it was a good transition. One thing as I learned growing up, though, was, you know, the endless opportunities in education in the U.S. that aren't necessarily available, I think, in other countries. And what I mean by that is we really say, you know, education opens up a lot of doors here. And of course, that's not necessarily the path for everybody. But I think it is a true statement that if you really want something and you have the educational backing behind what it is that you want, it does open a lot of doors versus like, for the example, in the Czech Republic, there's no such thing as clinical pharmacy yet. So we do have pharmacists in the hospital and there are community pharmacies, but having a PharmD degree and what that means in the United States and being able to specialize in a field of pharmacy, that's not necessarily something that is um, available in the Czech Republic, for example, and I think in a lot of other countries. And yeah, and so I think that was the biggest piece of difference that I picked up on growing up was, wow, you know, being educated, this can open up a lot of doors for me for opportunity, whereas it might not in the Czech Republic. And yes, I completely agree. I mean, in a certain extent, I learned English when I was around kindergarten as well. And at that time, when I was still in Hong Kong, like, actually, I have better English than Chinese in terms of grades. But it was hard for me to understand and adapt to the environment here when I came here for middle school, even though I understand what everyone's speaking, but it's just the culture and a being able to relate to different topics. It was definitely a big challenge for me. So I think especially because I learned British English in Hong Kong because we were a British colony before. So there was definitely like differences or all these terms that I got made fun of. That's something that I think all of us able to relate to. And especially going back to what you reflect upon the education portion or the difference of practice of pharmacy between uh, different countries, I think I can definitely see that happening because U.S. is such a well-developed uh, in terms of like how pharmacy is practiced. There's a difference between U.S. and other countries are definitely seen by some other pharmacists that I talk to who have some international experience as well. So it's definitely intriguing on seeing how other countries practice pharmacy different compared to the U.S. in a certain extent as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, at the basis of what a pharmacist is, they are still out in the community and they are still the primary resource that a lot of us go to, I think, and the most accessible healthcare professional um, in many countries. And I think that's remained really constant throughout my understanding of pharmacy and, and really the practice of it. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's really an opportunity for us. And it's funny you mentioned British English because it's the same in Czech. Um, I was California English. Um, so the California accent. Um, but hey, you know, we got to be proud of what we have. So Yes, definitely. 
I mean, transitioning back to California, since we'll just reflect upon a little bit of a time at UCI. First of all, you're part of PPS. What are some of your major PPS memories? Yeah, um, my college experience was really amazing. I knew I wanted to be a pharmacist since the seventh grade because when we first came here, our family didn't have insurance. And so really the pharmacist was that first healthcare professional. And so from that point on, you know, and of course we got citizenship later on and all that, but that was my first exposure to healthcare was pharmacy. And then one of my classmates' dad was also a pharmacist. And, you know, me being the young, naive person that I was, I saw their house and thought, wow, you know, they must be doing really well. And so, of course, the idea as a young person pops up into your head and you're intrigued. And um, I thought more about it and started to kind of look into dentistry and, and, and medicine and all of the other forms of healthcare. You know, my dad was an athlete. So, of course, like physical therapy was brought up and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I started talking to more pharmacists and I was thinking this could be really the field for me. And so then from high school, I went to an all girls Catholic high school. We wore uniforms, um, no boys. And so I was really focused on my education. And it also gave us the opportunity in science and math to just excel and not be afraid. And I think that served me really well. And why I'm saying this is because then I immediately applied to UC Irvine because they had a pharmaceutical sciences major. And at that time, not a lot of universities had this. It was always biosciences or health or whatever other major they had. And I thought, yes, like, why would I be wasting my time when I know what I want to do? So I applied, I got accepted. I was probably the only token white person on campus. <laughs> and, and it was great. I learned so much. I met so many new friends. I was introduced to boba. I was introduced to so many cultural things that just enriched my experience. And I loved it. And PPS was part of that experience. I originally joined the mentorship program that PPS was offering. So as a first year, I was paired with my mentor, uh, Dr. Tiffany Jomak, who I still contact to this day for things. And so that was really my first introduction. And she just showed me around campus. She started like spilling all of her advice and everything. And I just thought, wow. I can't believe I met someone so incredible already on the first day when all the orgs are coming out on campus. And I really stuck with her and I was hesitant to join PPS at first. I was like, no, it's at 8 p.m. the meetings or 6 p.m. and I'm a commuter. Felt like a big commitment for me at the time. So long story short, I ended up joining and, and loving it and really gained so many invaluable experiences. I became the secretary for the organization as well as later the vice president and got exposed to so many different fields of pharmacy by pharmacists sharing their experiences about the different fields that they were in and what it is that they actually were doing. It was not only that, but I think a lot of our skill sets as a group a lot of just students stepped up and wanted to share how do you apply to pharmacy school and what does it take and and what are strong candidates? What do they look like? And really, we're paying it forward. That's something that I really appreciated because this organization was the first time that I felt part of a community at UCI, but also was able to contribute with my own strengths and my own skills. And I think whenever you can do that to serve others, that's when you start to feel uh, positive and like your experience is being enriched. And I think that's what PPS was really all about for me. So that's a little experience of um, UCI and PPS. I think 
it's so great that you talked about PPS having a mentor figure because I think this is exactly what we're trying to do at Annie's and Pharmacy, starting our own mentorship program as well. And I think this will definitely benefit a lot of you know us undergrads trying to be exposed, or even like first year PharmDs who are currently uh, at UCI, just you know understand more about the field and the opportunities provided. And as a mentee myself currently, I definitely enjoyed a lot. Absolutely. Yes. Your mentors are your village of people that get you to where you're supposed to be. The next question is just what other opportunities did you do during your undergrad career? Yeah. So I was still at that point, you know, I was a pharmaceutical sciences major. I was part of PPS. So really getting exposed to pharmacy. The one thing I didn't get involved in was research. And at the time I remember being a first year and saying to myself, okay, I really want to gain hands-on experience in pharmacy. And so it was either between research or getting an actual job at a pharmacy. And I knew I, I couldn't do both. I knew I wasn't necessarily a research adept. Um, I wasn't in love with it, you know, but I went, uh, they had, I don't know if it's still there, but a UCI, like our office, the pharmaceutical sciences office had upperclassmen there and you could set up office hours with them and talk to them about like curriculum and things like that. And so I was talking to one girl and she was basically saying, yeah, like you can get your technician license. You don't even need to, you know, go to a school, you just need to study and take the exam and bam, you've got the technician license. And so I was like, okay. Um, and so that kind of popped an idea into my head of, wow, I can get my tech license and maybe apply to a pharmacy. At the same time, I was still working at an ice rink as a, um, in ice hockey, you have kind of the recorder. Um, so I was the scorekeeper. And one of the parents on the team was going to a pharmacy in Seal Beach, and she was attending and, and things like that. That's where she got her prescriptions. And she just said, you know, they have an opening. I one day just started talking to her about my life goals. And she said, they have an opening. Why don't you apply? Again, long story short, I applied, got the position and started out as a clerk at Rite Aid Pharmacy and later on did their own technician program and became a technician. And I ended up being there for three years during undergrad, um, really up until pharmacy school, which was amazing. And um, so I did that. I was a technician and I also volunteered at Hogue Hospital through their Cope Health Scholars program. That to me was really important because I knew volunteering was just dear to my heart. But as well, I knew that I wanted to really confirm pharmacy was right for me. And so that program allowed us to really rotate through uh, different floors of the hospital. We rotated every three months. So I went through uh, telemetry, brain and spine, radiology, labor and delivery, and every three months changing floors. So it was about an, a year and a half program. And, you know, there were a lot of clinicals that were assigned to it. You had to be able to roll patients, change patients. You were really the nurse's assistant is the best way I can describe it. And it was great. It really allowed me to understand that the pharmacist was the professional I most closely associated with. And all of those experiences combined really led me to pharmacy school. And I was confident in, yes, this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. And yeah, definitely. One significant thing you mentioned there is that being exposed to these different opportunities that helps you find growth and even like trying to find whether those things experience is it right for your career path. I share a similar story for those who know uh, me, like I currently work at the UCS Student Health Center Pharmacy. I was hired during my first year and it was kind of like a very coincidental thing 
where I was already so intended to get into research, but I got rejected multiple times. And then just kind of this pharmacy opportunity just like flashed into me. Someone just texted me, hey, there's like this opening, would you want to join? And then, and then just got in. And then from there on, I just was very focused on pharmacy. And I didn't give up on research as I got my research position like around last summer. And that also kind of like let myself know that sometimes opportunities comes at the right time uh, for me to be able to understand what I need to professionally develop. So I really like that, especially, uh, again, your experience as a Cope Help Scholar, also very inspiring. So we're going to move on to your pharmacy school years. I guess, first of all, what was the decision behind choosing USC? Yeah, so um, USC was actually not my priority school or I had a thing with labels and really just, you know, the name of the school. And I think it's, you know, I, I don't know why, but um, I applied to four schools. So I applied to UCSF, Midwestern University in Arizona, Western University in Pomona, and then USC. And I was receiving applications and acceptances and, you know, going to interviews and things like that. And Midwestern University was my first acceptance in Arizona. And I was so excited at that point that kind of anything else didn't really matter. I knew, okay, I'm going to pharmacy school regardless of whatever happens with the other schools. I at least have one program. Um, And so that was a great moment. And I'm sure anybody who has gotten their first acceptance letter anywhere, whether it's pharmacy school or college, can relate to really that kind of experience. So then I got accepted to all four of them, but USC was actually the last one. And so um, I remember I got accepted into UCSF and that was probably the longest uh, interview process. It was about a seven hour interview. And so I was really excited after that as well. But the thing was, I'm really close to my family and they lived in Orange County at the time. And so I I knew, you know, wow, pharmacy school is really difficult. And I I knew myself and I had to have a strong support system. And I wasn't necessarily ready yet to go um, further than a five-hour drive, you know. And so that was part of the experience. And I think the other thing was then when I interviewed at USC, things just clicked. And I was just amazed by everybody I met at the interview day. Um, I think that has a lot to play with your decision at the end of the day. And the other part of it was there was one professor that I had previously heard at a conference, and her name was Dr. Susie Park. And I had heard her at a conference um, speak so eloquently in a way that I had never heard anybody before. And the way she talked about pharmacy was really out of the box. And I still remember to this day, her speech was she took out a magazine and started showing us the ads in the magazine of pharmaceuticals and of medications. And she was telling us, are you paying attention to these? Because this is what your uh, patients are seeing on a daily basis. They're seeing it at airports. They're seeing it in their magazines, you know, wherever during their daily morning coffee. And she's like, so if you're not attuned to what the public is experiencing and yeah, really reading and absorbing every day, then how are you going to be the best advocate for your patients? And so that was kind of what her speech was about. And um, since then, she's had many incredible speeches. And I was really fascinated by her. And I was like, wow, I want to find out where she teaches because that's where I want to be trained. And so Dr. Park was at USC School of Pharmacy at the time, and she was our Dean of Admissions and Student Affairs. And even at the interview, she had her speech, she welcomed everybody. And I think there's just something about 
being amongst mentors and in a presence of people that you really want to become and you want to be like, and ultimately that you feel comfortable around or inspired by, I should say. And that's the kind of place that you want to be at. You want to be challenged to be the best pharmacist or healthcare provider or whatever it is that you can be. Um, So I think it was a combination of things. I think it was the fact that I was in Southern California. I was an hour away from Orange County. Uh, The program was really exceptional. Um, Dr. Park was a professor there, and I started to know a lot of the other um, professors and preceptors that we would have. And the other thing was I really wanted to give myself a fair shot at clinical or inpatient pharmacy. And I had been working at Rite Aid for three years at that point. And so I really wanted to be in an area that was surrounded by hospitals and that had a lot of connections in their appy and iffy experiences with well-known hospitals. And uh, that's what ultimately uh, allowed me to select USC. Yeah. And I always say it's different for everybody. And you just really have to follow your heart and what speaks to you. Because for someone else, you know, they may want a totally different experience from what they know. And that's what would make them maybe choose UCSF or vice versa. If they live in San Francisco, they may want to go somewhere else. So I just think it's very personal and that's okay. And you just need to be confident in what it is that you identify with. Perfect. So I guess talk about like being interested in the inpatient pharmacy. How has the experience as an intern in Keck Hospital helped you decision going into that specific field? Yeah, so I started my internship as a first year. I applied during my first year and then started working the summer between my first and second year. And it was incredible. We were, of course, inpatient pharmacists interns at the time. And so we were doing the jobs of what many of the technicians were doing. And so you had many IV, uh, many shifts, including IV, narcotics, a uh, resource where you were answering the phones from the nurses, the physicians, and really triaging and troubleshooting phone calls. There was cassette and Pixis machine shifts. And there was also a fill shift uh, where you were hand delivering all the stat uh, orders and what was needed to be delivered. In addition to that, we had what was called a white coat challenge. Um, And so that really allowed us not to be only fulfilling the role of a technician, but also focusing on our clinical skills. And I think that's really important for for someone trying to get exposure in that field. So what the White Coat Challenge consisted of was a number of challenges, meaning that, for example, when a pharmacist doses vancomycin, we have to write up a clinical note on it. We have to be able to dose it appropriately, understand the nuances and how to dose And so you would have a challenge of maybe completing 30 of those. We had vancomycin, we had warfarin, we had heparin dosing to do, what else, aminoglycosides. Um, And in addition to that, we had patient case presentations and drug monographs over the summer. And so that really helped us gain great exposure and really set us up for residency in understanding what it is that a clinical pharmacist does and is responsible for. Perfect. So it seems like you have such a great kind of exposure first into inpatient pharmacy, even before residency. So I guess we can move on to residency. And would you like to maybe describe some of your current work as a resident? Yeah, so um, residency is tough. It really just kind of depends on what it is your goal life is. For me, I wanted a general PGY-1 residency with hopes of potentially going into a PGY-2. And so I was looking for a program with a level one trauma center that also had exposure to not only adult patients, but also pediatric patients. And I was looking for a really diverse program that had a lot of 
diverse rotations to offer. And what I mean by that is it not only was a level one trauma emergency room or emergency department, but it also had rotations in infectious disease and pediatrics. So we had a pediatric ICU and as well a NICU. It had acute care and critical care with both surgical and medical ICUs. Uh, we had psychiatry as a rotation that was mandatory, ambulatory care, managed care, and that is all of them. And so really diverse core rotations that you had exposure to And I think no matter how hard residency is, at the end of the day, we're all grateful to really be able to experience those rotations and have preceptors that work with us to understand what it is they do on a daily basis and for us to also partake in that. So it really depends on your rotation. You have rounds in the morning, you discuss with your preceptor, you go on rounds with a medical team, and a lot of times there's projects in the afternoon, whether that be journal clubs, patient presentations, or really following up on whatever questions were asked during the day. You have a lot of outside projects as well. So you have a research project. We have a managed care uh, project where we have to do a drug monograph on a specific drugs, uh, biosimilars. So that's our focus for this year is really adding biosimilar medications to the formulary. And we have another one where we, it's called an MUE, so Medication Use Evaluation Project, where we evaluate the use of a specific medication in the hospital and nuances around that. Um, so yeah, so I would say residency is going well. Uh, it's definitely tough. You have a lot of responsibilities to juggle and you really have to be able to time manage not only within your own rotation, but also your responsibilities throughout the year. And that includes staffing on the weekends um, and really kind of developing that autonomy, be able to handle and triage questions that are asked uh, during the day. And and that's what residency is all about, is really becoming that independent practitioner by the end. Since you're currently applying for PGY2, if you were to get in, what are you most looking forward to? Yeah, so um, right now I'm really applying all over the country. Um, I I think what I would be most looking forward to is finally that would be my terminal training. Um, So I don't think you can go any higher than that. Um, So I think there is some excitement in the fact that that would be really the last year of residency and in having a paycheck after that year that would adequately reflect the salary of a pharmacist. I think that's what we all look forward to. Um, But I think just really for me, it's about specializing in that field. And I think there's such excitement when you do find out what that is for yourself and you do everything possibly in your power to go for it. So I think that's what I'm most proud of and really kind of excited for is if I do get this position, it means I'm in the right place and and doors have opened and everybody has kind of worked with me to get me to that place. Yeah. So my goals are really to be that kind of practitioner. I am applying to emergency medicine programs. So I don't know if I mentioned that, but to really be a specialist in both pediatric and adult emergency medicine care. It's a place where I found that I can make the most impact and really fits in with my personality. And I've really admired all the pharmacists that have really forged the way in the emergency department as well. Um, So it's just an exciting place to be with a lot of things going on and a lot of um, impact to be made. So yeah, it's, it's really exciting if I were to get it. So as we approach the end of the episode, do you have any advice for pre-pharmacy students and or pharmacy students who might want to go into residency after pharmacy school? Yeah, so I would really say if you're a pre-pharmacy student looking to go into residency, 
really start to think about your pharmacy schools that you're applying to and what opportunities they have for that inpatient experience. Uh, This is especially important if you're looking at four-year versus three-year programs. When you do have a four-year program, really allows you to get that experience during the summers and even during the year because it's not so compact. Versus if you're at a three-year pharmacy school, it may be a lot harder to find those uh, internships throughout the year. And residencies do really value, and I think all employers do value work experience. And I think it will definitely serve you in the long run as far as your work ethic goes and really your exposure to things that aren't necessarily able to be taught, but you just have to learn through experience. So that's what I would say for pre-pharmacy students is to start thinking of you know, that goal in mind and and having those opportunities available at the pharmacy schools you're applying to. And then as a pharmacy student, I think first year is really where a lot of internships try to get the first year students because think, think about it, you know, the companies want to be able to train you and for you to retain with that company for a long time. And so first year is really where the recruitment process happens. And although that may seem um, a little early to everybody and who might be overwhelmed just starting pharmacy school, it's definitely a thought that you, um, if it's a goal of yours, you may want to really keep that in mind. Um, As far as when applications open up, how do you best prepare, you know, having a CV ready, practicing your interview skills and things like that. So when applications do open up, you know what your goals are and you know why you're applying, right? You know what you kind of want to get out of the experience of pharmacy school early on. Um, So I think that's kind of the biggest piece of advice that I can give. Um, And then once you do get that inpatient opportunity, look for those mentors that are going to help you that really care about you, not only professionally, but also personally to help get you to your goals. And if you don't have opportunities for an inpatient internship, it's definitely not the end of the world, but I would absolutely try to get shadowing experience if you can from different pharmacists in various fields. What that means is if you even think you're slightly interested in oncology, please reach out to an oncology pharmacist or something in the ED or AMCARE or wherever it is you want to do residency. Um, You really want to have a good idea of what it is that you're getting into and why you want to do that for the rest of your life, right? Because residency is really all about exploring more of that specific field of pharmacy. And then you may even want to specialize after that if you like it. So um, I would say those would be my pieces of advice. Thank you for sharing your story and advice, Carolina. Once again, thank you for being our guest, and I hope to see you thrive one day in your pharmacy journey. And last but not least, good luck with your applications for PGY2. And our next episode will be out in three weeks. And hope you all have a great start to winter quarter. Ryan, sought out. Thank you, Ryan. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ZotRx Podcast. You can learn more about us as an organization by going to our website at sites.uci.edu pharmacy and follow us on our social media. You should also check out our coordinating partners, NETG Pharmacy Alumni Chapter, OCPHA, and Pharmacy, IT, and Me through the individual media. See you next time. ZotRx.